Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And that is the number to call to be on Calvary Live. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. You heard that number, 303-690-3000, for you to call in and ask your questions and give your prayer requests, and I'll be your host for this hour. My name is Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley, and I'm here in northern Colorado, and I'm excited to be back with you. I've been gone for a couple weeks as I was in Israel with a group of people as we were doing a study tour, and just got back two days ago and experiencing some jet lag, uh, but I'm with you here this afternoon. Excited to be back with you on Calvary Live, so welcome, welcome. And uh, it was a wonderful trip, and so glad to be back home uh, to my family and to be back home to my church family, my congregation. Lots to share uh, with them about this trip. Uh, A lot of amazing things happening in Israel today. Maybe you got a question about Israel, some of the things that are taking place or the role of Israel uh, in the future. It's so wonderful to go to a place like that and to see all the history that goes back 4,000 years, or, you know, um, you know, 2,000 years before Christ uh, with Abraham and see a gate that Abraham went through uh, back in the book of Genesis and then uh, all the history up until today and what God is doing presently with the nation of Israel, just uh, the beauty out of the ashes after the Holocaust coming back into the land becoming a nation once again in 1948 and what they have done uh, with the uh, the land, uh, with the nation. Absolutely amazing. Seeing prophecy come to pass that the ancient ruins are being rebuilt, the land is blossoming. Uh, absolutely amazing. And then also to see what God is doing to prepare them for the future because we know that Israel plays a significant role in the last days, right prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And God has a promise for them, and he's going to restore them. As Paul writes, that in that day, in Romans chapter 11, all of Israel will be saved. So it was a wonderful trip. Appreciate those of you who are praying for us. We're back. As I said, got a little bit of jet lag. Um, It gets a little bit harder the older you get, and it was hard travel coming back. Israel's crowded right now. And uh, I would always recommend that if you have a chance to do a study tour of Israel, it is well worth it because the Bible goes from audio all of a sudden to visual as we go to all these different sites that the Bible speaks about. So I'm with you here this afternoon. I want to welcome all the Grace FM listeners along the front range here in Colorado uh, from Pueblo and Fountain and Colorado Springs 101.7 and then also in the metro area. Uh, on up north into southern Wyoming. Welcome, 89.7. You're listening live on this day, this beautiful day here in Colorado. 
And so give me a call at 303-690-3000. Let's get those phones ringing. And I'd love to talk to you about the things of the Lord, to give you God's counsel and his word, to pray with you as we're able to go to the throne of grace in time of need, as Hebrews chapter 4 declares to us. So what a wonderful program that uh, this hour is dedicated to be a blessing to you, to bless all the listeners, not only in Grace FM here in Colorado, but those on the East Coast listening in on Truth FM and Hope FM. Uh, Welcome uh, as well. And you also get to call in at that number, 303-690-3000 is the number to call to be on the air. Those of you listening on the radio, uh, you are week delayed, uh, but you can call in. We can have our conversation, and then you can listen to it next week. I also want to welcome all the online listeners. If you're listening uh, perhaps on the app, uh, Grace FM app, uh, on your smartphones or tablets, uh, on the webpage, on your computers. We get people from all over the country that are listening in. We welcome you as well. And you too can call it that number, 303-690-3000. We have open lines. So give me a call. Let's start the conversation. Let's go to the Word of God. Uh, because the Word of God from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22-21 is God's truth. It is absolute truth, and uh, it's so wonderful for us to be able to get clarity and understanding and wisdom, not worldly wisdom, but godly wisdom uh, from His Word. So I'd love to be able to minister to you in any way that I can, the best that I can. As we go to the Word of God, 303-690-3000 is the number to call. There's another means for you to be able to ask questions or give a prayer request, and that is a dedicated text line. And as we always remind you, if you are texting, then uh, be safe, be in a safe place. And uh, that number is 720-336-0897. Let me say that again, 720-336-0897. Those of you who uh, perhaps have been listening to Calvary Live for a while, uh, those numbers are familiar to you. But if you're new to Calvary Live, I would uh, encourage you to put those two numbers in your contacts. The call-in line, 303-690-3000, and then the dedicated text line at 720-336-0897. So, so blessed to be with you. Give me a call uh, and love to talk to you about the things of the Lord. We have open lines right now. So uh, it's interesting that we are just in Israel. And um, I just got uh, um, uh, a greeting. Welcome back, Pastor Jeff. We missed you. Hope you had a great trip. God bless you. And so thank you, Benita, from Colorado Springs. Appreciate that. And uh, always encouraged to come back and uh, to talk to the congregation. You know, we live in exciting times, and I want to encourage you that I really believe that we are in very unique times, uh, that we're seeing these events that are happening all around us that point to the soon return of Jesus Christ. And um, and we are here for such a time as this, to be able to, to proclaim the gospel, to point people to uh, salvation that only comes through Jesus Christ, the, the cross and his uh, resurrection that gives us a living hope. And so um, it, it really is exciting. I, I know it can be difficult days, especially in the culture that we're in, uh, but we are here for such a time as this, to be a light and give truth to others. So give me a call, 303-690-3000. We got some open lines. And so Desiree from Thornton has called in, and let's go to her. Hi, Desiree. 
Desiree, you there? All right, let's see if we can get these phones working here. And um, and we're going to try to pick her up. So uh, Desiree from Thornton, are you there? She asked the question uh, and prayer, is the rapture before the tribulation? And um, and then ask for prayer to keep her family strong. So if we can get her back on the line. But I'm going to go ahead and answer that question because it's a good question. And it's a question that a lot of people ask. Uh, I know there's different views of the rapture of the church. The rapture of the church is that time when uh, the Lord's going to come for uh, a generation of believers that are on the earth, and um, they are going to be taken to meet the Lord in the air. First Thessalonians chapter four, verses sixteen and seventeen speak of that. Paul also writes about it in First Corinthians chapter fifteen when he's talking about the resurrection. Um, and then also Jesus mentions it in John chapter 14 uh, as he is bringing comfort to his disciples and that last night that he was with them in that upper room. And it's such wonderful words of comfort that is for us as well. As Jesus says that uh, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you and go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So Paul expands on that in First Thessalonians chapter 4, that we will meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with him. Comfort one another with these words. I believe that the rapture of the church is going to take place before that final seven-year period called the tribulation period. And that uh, tribulation period that is more formally called Daniel's 70th week is uh, seven years where God's going to be pouring out his wrath on a Christ-rejected world. Matter of fact, we are going to finish the book of Revelation tomorrow in our midweek study, and uh, we're going to be looking at the new heaven, new earth, the new Jerusalem. And uh, in our study of the book of Revelation, we went through those chapters, chapters 6 through 19, that speak of that seven-year period, and it's very intense. There's a lot of things that are taking place. Um, during that time, uh, but I believe that the church will not go through the tribulation period. Um, we have the doctrine of imminent return all throughout the New Testament. Jesus says, I come at a time that you least expect. Be the wise one that is watching and waiting. The promise to the church of Philadelphia in Revelation chapter 3 is that I will take you out of and away from the hour of tribulation that shall come upon the whole earth to test those who dwell on the earth. So uh, I believe that we will be raptured and the church will be gone. Uh, but during the tribulation period, a couple things happen that are very interesting. One is that there's going to be a worldwide false church that will come on the scene in the first half of the tribulation period that's going to be supported by this world leader called the Antichrist. And so um, that will take place. The Antichrist eventually will destroy that false world uh, church, false church on the scene, as he desires to be worshipped uh, alone. And then also we know that there's going to be tribulation saints that are going to come to believe in Jesus Christ. They're going to be heavily persecuted because they will not align with the Antichrist. They will not take his mark uh, and many of them will be martyred. So um, lots of things that we looked at during that time. So if you got any more questions, love to talk to you about the coming of the Lord. Uh, as I said, being in Israel, is interesting to see how God is preparing 
uh, a nation, which is the epicenter of end-time prophecy. Uh, very fascinating, uh, just wonderful uh, to see how God is working um, and his prophecies being fulfilled and will continue to be fulfilled. Hey, we got open lines, so give me a call, 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Um, Pastor Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley here in Northern Colorado, back with you to answer your questions and to take your prayer requests. Let's go to Pat in Greeley. Hi, Pat. Hey, Pastor. Hi, Pastor how Jeff. Are how are you doing? Good. I'm how doing, are you? I'm doing, hold on. Let me shut the radio. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Got it? Can you hear me? Yeah. I can hear you. Okay. Quick question, Pastor Jeff. Um you had mentioned First uh, Thessalonians four thirteen through eighteen just when the show began, but there's another right. scripture that kind of talks about the same thing, and that's John uh, five twenty eight and twenty nine. Let me read it to you, and then I got my question. Uh, right. Jesus says, "Don't be amazed at this, for the time is coming when all who are in the graves will hear my voice and come out. Those who have done what is good." will rise to life, and those who have done what is evil will rise to be condemned. Right. Okay? My question is this. Where are they rising from? If I always thought absent the body, present with the Lord. So are the good also in Hades, in the paradise section, instead of torment? Uh, the old uh, Abraham's bosom, is that where they're going to rise from? Because if they're already in heaven... Where, where are they coming out of the graves? Yeah, and you're asking a very good question, uh, because a lot of people get confused about it. Um, you know from, um, and Pat, just for the sake of our listeners, you, you had made reference to Luke chapter 16, where Jesus tells about Lazarus and the rich man that both died, and Lazarus went to paradise, right? Down in Hades, right. there's two right. compartments. There is Abraham's bosom, and there's Lazarus mm-hmm. with Abraham, and then across the chasm was the uh, where um, the rich man was, and he calls across mm-hmm. to Abraham, wanting Abraham, or actually for Lazarus to come over, dip his finger in cold water, and touch his tongue because he was in torment. Now, here's the thing that's important to understand: um, we know that uh, when Jesus died for our sins, he said to the thief on the cross that uh, you'll be with me in paradise before the sun has set. So Jesus breathes his last. He would escort, if you would, the thief that gave his life to Christ uh, down to paradise. And then Ephesians says before he ascended, he first, what, descended to lead captivity, you know, free, to lead captivity Um, to where he would proclaim, this is what you've been waiting for. So those in the Old Testament look forward to the cross. They were saved mm-hmm. because Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Paul makes that case in the New Testament. So when Jesus, according to the book of Hebrews, as he died once and for all, he brought a superior sacrifice, that as he presented his blood, then that's what they were waiting for. Because the Old Testament sacrifices could not take away sin. It was only a covering for sin. That's why they had to do it over and over and over again um, until the Lamb of God came to take away sin once and for all. So now that compartment in paradise has been emptied. So when we talk about 
1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18 that you made reference to, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we're talking about what Jesus is saying here in John chapter 5, the resurrection. Now keep in mind this, this is where people get confused, that the resurrection speaks of new heavenly bodies. It's not just speaking of eternal life being in heaven, but it's being in heaven with a new heavenly body. So the day's going to come when the trumpet blows at the, at, the, um, at the rapture of the church that we who are alive, we're going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And then it says that the, um, that the dead in Christ will rise first. That is, right. their bodies are going to be resurrected. The graves are going to open up, and they will get their new heavenly bodies. Now, here's an important truth that you mentioned, Pat, that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So when somebody that is a believer takes their last breath, they immediately go to be with the Lord. That's the truth. Their spirit goes to be with Jesus. When the resurrection happens, then they will get their new heavenly body that will last forever. So that's where the confusion comes in. So is the soul and the spirit the same thing? Well, it's used it, interchangeably. There's three parts. There's soul, spirit, and body. Right, Isn't exactly. Isn't the soul the things that's judged? It's so if the, the spirit soul, goes back to God, that leaves the soul to be judged. And I thought that's well, what would be left in Hades. No, the soul won't be left in Hades. The soul and the spirit is sometimes used interchangeably, like... For example, David, um, when he's talking about the resurrection of Jesus, he says, you will not leave my soul in Sheol. You're not going to leave you know, my soul there. The soul is your emotions. Um, your soul is your mind. So the spirit is the real you. Then you have the flesh, you know, bone and flesh and skin. And then you have the soul, which is your emotions. And that's the three parts that we're made of. So the time's going to come. That compartment in paradise is empty. Now, those in Hades, you know, in the unrighteous dead, they're still there. And at the end of the millennium reign, when the heavens and the earth that we now know are going to fade away, they are going to be resurrected, and they will stand at the great white throne judgment. So Paul, he says in 1 Corinthians 15 that each will rise in their own order because Jesus Christ resurrected um, bodily resurrection, that we're going to get new bodily resurrections, and so each in its own order. So uh, it's kind of a little bit of a process to study through, uh, but the unrighteous will be resurrected at the end of the millennium reign. Uh, That's the second resurrection. Um, and then all other believers, the rapture of the church, then you have the old tribulation saints that, um, that will be resurrected at the end of the tribulation, those believers that, you know, uh, that died during the tribulation period, all in its own process. So it's quite a study to, to undertake, Pat. Last question, and, and you already answered it. Where is that in Hebrews, what David said, don't leave my body in Sheol? It's Where actually in, in Psalms. It's oh, in the Psalms? book of Psalms, Psalm 16, speaking about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Pastor. You cleared it up hey. um, well for me. I appreciate that. That's so confusing. I don't want yeah. to get it wrong. Uh, 
Yeah, it is confusing to people, but great question, Pat. You have a All right, God day, bless Pat. you. You too. God bless you. Thanks for calling. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Uh, and we have a couple open lines. Good question. People get confused about, here's the thing, a, a believer, when we die, our spirit goes to be with Jesus, to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. But then we bury them in the ground, and that body will be resurrected um, when the resurrection happens at the sound of the trump. Uh, we shall all be changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, as Paul writes. Um, and uh, it's going to be great to get those new heavenly bodies. So uh, people get confused about that, but um, the resurrection speaks of new heavenly bodies. Well, we do have a couple open lines. Let me give you that text number again, 720-336-0897. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figg. So glad to be back with you guys on this afternoon. Let's go to Danny in Aurora. Hi, Danny. Hey. Hi, Pastor Jeff. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Um, Good. So I, I had a question for you. Um, and ultimately, a prayer request. Uh, I may have to jump off. Uh, here in a little bit, because uh, I have a call coming up. But um, okay. I <clears throat> wanted to talk uh, real quick about something that's happening with our family. Um, at least uh, my wife and I have been ex- been experiencing it. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we follow the Lord. We love the Lord. We're, we're all about God's Word and um, and seeking His face. And um, But uh, something that uh, is really interesting has been happening lately uh, one, as uh, I've been seeking to um, relinquish control in a certain area of, of my life, and uh, the same for my wife, um, um, and, and really turn it over to the Lord. Um, I, I don't know if that could be what it is, but uh, we're starting to uh, see uh, some what I think is demonic activity uh, around us, and um so, for example, one night, uh, well, one, my wife has crazy, uh, um, you know, health issues with, you know, uh, her throat closing up in the middle of the night. I mean, she's had crazy nightmares of something beating the snot out of her, um, you know, and, and waking up and rebuking it in, in Jesus' name and crying out to Jesus. And um, and then there's been times where, um, like last week, I think it was, uh, I'm sitting here and some, we hear, we both are in the bedroom together and we hear a noise and I look over and, uh, you know, obviously nothing there. It could have been upstairs, but, you know, because we have people upstairs, but then I look over and I see this little thing moving on my backpack and there's nobody in here. There's no, there's no wind. There's no nothing, you know, and this is in our bedroom. Yeah. And nobody was over there. She was laying on the bed. I'm at the computer, and it's like, you know, maybe five feet away from me. And this thing is moving, and it shouldn't be, you know? And then right. uh, something happened with uh, the door just the other day. I'm, I'm sitting here. No, You know, the girls, our girls are in another bedroom. My wife is not here, and uh, something hits the, you know, the, the doorknob, you know? And I'm like, what in the world? And But... One of the crazy things that happened was last night. I um, I was sleeping and um, I was I had a dream like I haven't had since you know I was a kid, where 
I'm laying there and in my sleep, and I cannot wake up. And I'm I'm, I'm screaming out. You know, when I was a kid, I, that's when I learned the power of Jesus' yeah. name because I would just scream out Jesus' name, and it, it would go away. Um, but last night, it didn't. You know, and I'm sitting there, and it's like I'm caught in this dream. I cannot wake up. I can't move. I can't. I'm crying out to the Lord, and and then uh, you know, and reaching for the door, crying for my wife. You know, and 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 it just nothing. And then I finally wake up, you know, and then I come in here and talk with my wife and we pray and all that. But it, yeah, it, and that's, that's the thing to do, you know, Danny, and you're wondering about demonic activity. We don't fully understand it all. We know it's real, right? Um, right. Because Paul writes about it. And here's the thing, when God is working, know that the enemy is going to be working too. And so he says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might and put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or that is the schemes of the devil. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And he says, take on the whole armor of God. Here's the thing, um, Danny, is that I think at the end of what you were talking about is very important that you guys do pray. You pray over your house. You pray together. James says that you submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So spiritual activity is real. I don't understand it all. I know that he will, uh, he's the accuser of the brethren who accuses us day and night. And we overcome him by blood of the lamb and by the word of testimony that I belong to you, Lord. Um, and he loves me and I'm forgiving. And that's the testimony that we have. And here's the thing uh, to remember, Danny, is that um, that you stay focused on the Lord. And here's what you do. Let me ask you this, Danny, when you go down in the basement or you go into a dark room, what do you do? You turn, the light I turn on. on the light, yeah. Yeah, you turn on the light. And so here's the thing. Stay focused and prioritized on the Lord and keep focused on the light because it will dispel the darkness. So And know that, yes, he's going to come against you, that um, he's going to keep throwing the, the fiery darts at you, and, and he's going to be the accuser, the brethren, who tries to mess with your mind. Um, and... How exactly all that works, I don't know, but I do know this, that for me, and I can feel the spiritual attack, because once again, in these days in which we're living in, if you're desiring to grow in the Lord, and you're desiring to give those things, everything that, you know, um, that is a part of your life to the Lord, um, to give those things up and to follow after him, he's going to come after you, and he's going to come after your family. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And so keep focus and prioritize on the Lord. And I think you'll see the darkness begin to dispel more and more in your life. It doesn't mean that um, the attacks stop because they don't. As long as we're on this side of the world, the enemy's going to keep attacking, keep trying to mess with your head. But you submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Put on the whole armor of God and turn on the light and focus on the light. And that's what I know about spiritual warfare. 
But, you know, we fight from victory, not for victory. And I don't know if that helps. I don't have all the answers exactly, you know, what everybody's going through. But I do know this, that Jesus is the answer. And, absolutely. Uh, and he's, yeah, absolutely. So we got about a minute to, to break, and I'm going to pray with you. And, uh, okay. Father, I do pray for Danny. I thank you for his call. And I thank you that his desire is to love you and his wife. And, Lord, the spiritual attacks are coming. They're seeing it. So I pray that he they stay close to you, that they'd be in the Word of God, that they would pray over their house. Lord, that you dispel any demonic activity that is there. And, Lord, that you would protect them and keep them safe. And, Lord, that uh, the whole armor of God would go on them every single day. And, Lord, that you would protect them and bless them. Dispel the darkness in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Pastor Jeff. Hey, thanks. You bet. Absolutely. Amen. Thanks. Appreciate it. Hey, we're going to go to break. So we got a couple open lines, 303-690-3000. We'll be back in about two minutes. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Calvary Chapel Greeley, and I'm here to take your questions and your prayer requests. You just heard those numbers. To call in, we got a couple open lines, so give me a call at 303-690-3000. And we just finished right before the break with uh, Danny talking about spiritual warfare, and and uh, we, we had the discussion about as we're going in the Lord, the enemy's going to attack us. And, um, you know, he, he sees us as a threat. And sometimes uh, when we're young in the Lord, we get kind of uh, taken back by that, a little bit surprised by that. I just got a text um uh, Danny, it's interesting, uh, if you're still listening, that um, this person texting in said, the same thing happened to me when I was first growing in Christ. The devil doesn't want us to grow, and that's so true. Uh, he doesn't want us to grow. He uh, wants to uh, tempt us. He wants to come against us. Uh, he's going to do everything that he can uh, to make us ineffective in our walk. So spiritual warfare is very, very real um, that takes place. And again, that's why it's important that we be sober, that we be vigilant, because our adversary, the devil's like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And he's been doing it a long time, and he's very good at it. And so we, we battle against you know the world, against the enemy, and, of course, the flesh can be a battle as well. So um, it's a spiritual warfare out there. And it's interesting that when Paul was writing to Timothy twice in 1 Timothy, he says, Timothy, fight the good fight. Fight the you know, good, uh, uh, wage the good warfare. And it is a battle out there. It's not a playground. It's a, it's a battleground. And the enemy is going to do everything that he can to come against us. And he's relentless. So, so, and, um, and so, um, you know, Danny, just be in prayer, praying with your wife. Um, you know, don't be afraid to call your pastor and, and, you know, and pray, um, and, um, you know, have people praying for you, and uh, just stay close to the Lord. Hey, we got a couple open lines, 303-690-3000 is the number to call. That text line is 
888-336-0897. Again, uh, being back from Israel this week, and so those of you up in the Greeley area will be uh, in the Book of Revelation tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Invite you to come out. we got a place for all the kids and for the youth. Uh, just a wonderful time of worship and uh, to meet during the the uh, week. Uh, what a blessing it is to be able to do that. And, and it's a great opportunity for you who perhaps work on the weekend because we do live in a culture, we live in a society uh, that weekends, um, you know, people have to work. And there's first responders and nurses and people that work in restaurants and retail and and other jobs. And so hopefully Wednesday night is an option for you to come and be in God's Word and study God's Word. When we get done with the book of Revelation, we're going to be in the book of Jeremiah. And I believe that we are living in the days of Jeremiah. And it's going to be a very important study as we go through those chapters. So 7 o'clock and uh, check us out on our website, calvarychapelgreeley.org. we got a new website and uh, so calvarychapelgreeley.org, check out service times, Sunday mornings. We have three Sunday morning services, uh, 8, 9.30, and 11 o'clock. We're in First Timothy. We'll be in chapter 6 uh, for the next couple weeks, and then we'll move into Second Timothy. And it's a wonderful study, those, those pastoral epistles. So I'd love to have you come out and join us for those studies. So, hey, we got a couple open lines. But in the meantime, let's go to Wes and Lafayette. Hi, Wes. Hi. Hey, Pastor. How are you today? Good. How are you? I'm very blessed. Thank you. I was just Good. listening to talk, your comments about when these bodies die, we bury them in the ground. But when the rapture happens and these bodies are, are coming up, going to be taken up to meet the Lord in the air. My question is, what about those that are cremated and or are um, like donors, and their bodies are, you know, body parts are are removed. So what happens yeah. to them? Yeah, and people ask that. They will even ask. Um, some of them have been told that you shouldn't be cremated. Um, there have been some that have called me, Wes, that have said that um, their, you know, pastor or their or whoever said that if you're cremated that, you know, it's going to bring judgment on you. Um, first of all, because I know that there are some that are out there thinking about these things that are listening, so you bring up a very good question. You know, the thing is, it's appointed once for man to die, then the judgment. It's what we do before we die that determines our eternal destiny, not after we die. And so those who, you know, have been told that, well, if you get cremated, then you bring judgment uh, you go to hell. I mean, really, there's nowhere in the Bible that it says that. And here's the thing about cremation. Those, as you put the body in the ground, and that's been going on for 2,000 years, cremation just speeds up the process. Um, it just speeds up what the ground is going to do. The ground is going, the bodies are going to decay and turn into dust. From the dust you shall come, and from the dust you shall return. And, you know, those who have been buried uh, in the ground, it gets into, you know, the roots of grass and trees and those molecules. Um, God knows where every single one of those molecules are. You had Christians that were burned at the stake, right? Um, right. That were burned up. God knows where those, those you know, molecules are. And then when it comes to uh, organ transplants and stuff, 
I, I don't know. I have to be honest with you, Wes. I don't know exactly how that all works, but we can be certain that God knows and that he will fulfill his promise. And cremation just speeds up the process of what the earth is going to do. Um, and, um, you know, those in the ground that have been in for many, many years, their bodies are decayed. And those who are cremated, um, their bodies, you know, the process was speeded up for them. So um, that's, you know, the Lord's going to raise it up. Yeah, yeah, I was just, when I heard you say that, it dawned on me that there are people that get cremated and have their their ashes uh, spread over bodies of water or over the mountains or whatever. Uh, yeah. And so I thought, wow, I wonder about that. So I thought I'd just ask yeah. what you thought. Yeah, and that's a good question, and and because people do ask about that, and it's kind of interesting that you're mentioned about over the water. Um, you know, when it comes to the unrighteous dead, there's an interesting verse in Revelation chapter twenty. It says, "The sea gave up the dead who were in it; uh, those who you know uh, were shipwrecked. A lot of people gone down in the ocean, and the bodies went down into the ocean. You know, God knows where they are." And so to the believer, they'll be resurrected. So uh, it's quite amazing. The, the, the concept of the resurrection is so amazing. I don't know how it all works, um, but I do know this, that it's a promise given to us as believers um, that we will be resurrected and have those new heavenly bodies. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate your time. And I appreciate your call, Wes. Thanks for calling in. Have a blessed evening. You too. Good questions. Good questions. And people are reading their Bibles. It's good to know that. Um, we got all open lines. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. And let me give you that text line. 720-336-0897. Maybe perhaps you've been wanting to ask a question on Calvary Live. Now's a great time to be able to do that and to be able to answer your uh, questions and, um, and uh, to be able to take you to the Word of God. And um, so I'd love to be able to do that and help you. I'm going to pull up while we're waiting for some phone calls to come in um, that um, there's one that came in. I'm going to kind of start from the beginning. Uh, and it's interesting because, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, that we just got back from Israel. One of the places that we went to is Mount Benzel, uh, which is right on the Syrian border. And it's an old Israeli bunker. That's there, and those of you who have gone to Israel, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And it overlooks the valley that takes you to Damascus. And it's significant in that, that that's the, the valley that Paul would travel through, and his conversion took place on the way to Damascus. So we're looking at that valley. Damascus is only 40 miles away. And when we were up there, it was a, 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 you know, a clear day, that was there, and um, we're looking very close to where Damascus was. So we're looking in that area where Paul was converted, of course, as you read the book of Acts chapter 9. And then also what happened there was the largest tank battle uh, that took place in the history of the world, and that was the Yom Kippur War when Syria invaded uh, Israel with many, many tanks. And down below that tank battle is called the Valley of Tears. But the question is, does the things happening in Syria have prophetic significance? And what was interesting, that while we were there, um, we could actually hear a mortar fire that was going on. 
in in Syria. You could hear it in the distance. Uh, what exactly the mortar fire was, we don't know, but we know that uh, there, Syria's been in the headlines a lot lately, especially with the United States withdrawing um, forces, with uh, the uh, taking out and the killing of the ISIS leader uh, that President Trump announced last week. We have Russia that is uh, there and Turkey uh, patrolling the northern border of Syria. We also have Iran and uh, the Iranian military uh, and revolutionary guards that are there uh, trying to establish in Syria. But we do know that the Bible talks about a time that there's going to be a confederation of nations that will come together in what is called uh, the War of Gog and Magog in Ezekiel 38 and 39. So I believe what has taken place in Syria today is very, very significant to what uh, the Bible talks about in Ezekiel 38, that there's stage-setting events taking place because there's going to be Russia, um, and there's going to be Persia, that is Iran, and Turkey, and some other uh, African nations that are going to come together and they're going to invade Israel according to the prophecy of Ezekiel 38, and they're going to come in two from the north. Uh, it's interesting as you read Ezekiel 38 that God says, I will put a hook in your jaw and bring you in. And this large invasion will come against Israel, and then God will defend Israel uh, at that invasion. So uh, I believe it's very significant what's taken place. And um, and we're watching those events. When exactly is Ezekiel 38 and 39 going to take place in the prophetic picture? We don't know for sure. Some say it's going to take place in the tribulation period. Some say it's going to happen before the tribulation period. But, you know, we're seeing these things come to pass. And we always wondered, how is Russia and Iran and Turkey going to come into to Israel? They are such a long ways away from Israel. Well, they're right on the border now and their military. So don't be surprised if we see military buildup of Russia, Turkey, Iran. They're already bringing uh, military alliances together, and and we're watching this unfold. And it, it's amazing. Ezekiel talked about these things 2,500 years ago, and never in the history of the world have these nations formed an alliance until just recently. And so very significant what is going on um, as we talked about those things, being up on the Syrian border, we need to be watchful. And the storm clouds are gathering, and uh, it's, it's very fascinating, as I said already in the show, uh, that we're seeing these things. Um, Jesus said, when you begin to see them come to pass, look up uh, and rejoice, for your redemption draws near. So uh, very significant, the things that are taking place in Syria, I believe. Well, let's continue with the phone lines. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Let's go to Shelly in Colorado Springs. Hi, Shelly. Hi. I have a quick question. Um, sure. Okay, like we pray, and I, okay, I know God can do things. I know God, God can do everything. I believe in God. But is it based on, like, whenever I'm praying for something, is it based on, like, if I, do I need to say it a certain way, or do, like, how come he, like, in a sense, how come he doesn't answer my prayers? Is it because I'm not asking a certain way, or is it dependent on me in a way? Does that make sense? 
Yeah, I know what you're saying because a lot of people ask that. They'll ask, you know, why isn't God answering my prayer? Um, because you know, I know he certain... can. I just yeah, don't know he can why do... he does it. Well, and that I think you are asking a very good question. Because, Shelley, it may be that he is answering. And sometimes he says no. And that's an answer just as much as it is yes. And we don't fully understand it. Sometimes he says yes. Sometimes we'll pray for healing. We'll pray for a job. We'll pray for certain things to happen. And sometimes yeah, he answers right away. Like- yeah, or yeah. for like, like for my daughter and and her yeah. boyfriend. Like, I pray for them, but I'm wondering, like, is it is it something dependent upon them and something they need to do, be doing to be in that line to where God can work, or can He work in all that chaos and dysfunction? He, he, and yeah, He can. He can work in that chaos and dysfunction, and you keep praying. You keep praying. Oh, yeah. I tell people, you know, pray for your children. Don't stop praying. Yeah. You remember, you know, the the story, the the parable of the prodigal son, how yeah. he went away and spent all his, you know, money and inheritance on wasteful living. And then it says that the father saw him coming and ran to meet him. And when I think about that parable, how did the father know that he was coming. I think the father every day prayed for his son. Yeah. And I think that the father every day went to the edge of the road was looking. And so you keep praying and keep lifting them up. And, and then, you know, that prayer is like, Lord, I trust you. And, and yeah. he, here's the thing. God isn't going to force his way into, to our lives. We do have choice. But I also know that God can work, just like you said, that he can save the unsavable. So right. I think we just commit him to prayer. And when it comes to prayer, we trust in him. And there isn't magical words um, to, to say. There isn't a magical formula. It's like, Lord, I love my kids. Please open up their eyes spiritually. Soften their hearts. Bring them to you. And just out of your heart, just keep praying, because that's the, the prayer that the Lord honors. And you keep praying for them and trusting in him. Because, you know, he wants them to be saved, doesn't he? Yes, it, of course, his, yes. And I yeah. know he wants them, and he, you know, and I know that he is working. I can see that he is working, but I just, I don't yeah. know. It's just I felt like maybe, well, maybe I need to be, saying it a certain way or doing something a certain way or go out in the middle of the forest and scream and yell. Is that what he was? <laughs> I don't know. You know what? It's okay to go out and scream and yell, you know, but just keep giving it to the Lord. Be consistent and um, that. know that the Lord loves, you know, your kids. And it, it reminds me so much that, um, you know, what Paul says, he says, when you pray for all men, um, and he says that, uh, you know, that he gave himself as a ransom to all to be testified in due time. And, and he says, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Just keep praying. And, and that's that. a wonderful thing. Be the, you know, like the persistent widow that kept praying. Jesus yes. told that story. And you know what? We can pray right now, Shelley, if you'd like. Sure. 
So, Father, I pray for Shelly, for her kids, and Lord, you're honoring her heart. Her desire is for her children to be saved, the ones that she loves. And so, Lord, we lift them up to you. You know who they are. You know what's going on in their lives. And I just pray that you would draw them to you, that you would soften their hearts, that you would open up their eyes. And, Lord, that um, that you would do a work of salvation. And, Lord, that uh, my sister, Shelly, that she wouldn't lose heart or lose faith, but, Lord, keep lifting them up to you. And I also pray, because I know that there are listeners out there that we're praying for our children. We're praying for parents. We're praying for friends and co-workers and loved ones. That we would be committed to lifting them up to you. And Lord, work in their lives. And I also pray for Shelly, that you would help her be a witness and give wisdom and, and give truth to those that she's praying for. Give the right words. And Lord, that you would work in a supernatural way in opening up their hearts to you and drawing them to yourself. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You bet, Thank you very much. You bet. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Bye-bye. I know that there's many of you that are out there that, um, you know, you're praying for loved ones. And um, keep praying for them and keep lifting them up. Don't quit. Don't quit praying for them. Sometimes we lose heart, and I have to be reminded because I got family members and people that I care about, and I know that don't know the Lord, and we want to keep praying for them and lifting them up to the Lord. So let's go to Lloyd and Aurora. Hi, Lloyd. Yeah, hello. How are you, Lloyd? Hello. I'm fine, sir. Uh, uh, I was calling because my question, I'll make it real quick. Um, My wife needs prayer, that's the first thing. She's having an operation on the 11th, and her name is Laura. Okay. And that's for and that's for her shoulder. And then uh, my question was, um, I was listening the other day, and there was a young man that was talking about uh, the Jewish festivals, and do we have to celebrate them and um, something else? Anyhow, I was reading in the Book of the Revelation, and it said uh, that if the people don't go up to uh, Jerusalem, uh, and celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles, I think it was. But anyway, it won't rain on their land. So, and that's when the Lord's here. So my question is, I understand we don't have to do the festivals. Are we supposed to know about them and what's going on? Yeah, you're asking very good questions. And I think the reference that you're making is um, in, actually, Zechariah chapter 14, and let me read it for the sake of our, our listeners, um, that it said, It shall be that whichever of the families of the earth do not come up to Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, on them there will be no rain. Um, and he, he says that everyone who's left all the nations which come against uh, came against Jerusalem shall go up from year to year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. Here's the thing about That's the it. feast. Yeah. Yeah. That's Zechariah chapter 14. Zechariah is talking about a time that's called the millennium reign. That's when Christ is going to to rule and reign for a thousand years after the second coming of Jesus Christ. So apparently during the millennium reign, we are going to go to Jerusalem to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. 
And then he says, those who don't, um, it shall not rain. So it's an interesting verse, isn't it? Now, when it comes yes, to when it comes to the feast, there were three main feasts. There was the feast of Passover, there was Pentecost, and there was the feast of Tabernacles. And uh-huh. in the Old Testament, every you know Jewish male was to go to Jerusalem during that time. And we know that as we Christians in the New Testament, Paul. Um, he addresses that in Galatians. He addresses that uh, in Colossians. Um, right. He he says, let no one uh, judge you. I'll read it from chapter 2. Let no one judge you in food or drink or regarding a festival or new moon or Sabbaths. So mm-hmm. we under the new covenant, we don't observe those things. Now, here at Calvary, we go through the Old Testament. We'll look at those things how it points to Jesus, how it's all mm-hmm. fulfilled in Jesus. So that's the thing um, about studying the feast. Of course, Jesus was our Passover lamb. Uh, the day of Pentecost, the church was, um, you know, born. So we see the fulfillment of those things. And mm-hmm. then you have the Feast of Tabernacles. Toge- yeah, and then when Go we ahead. come together, it says, it says when we come together that the Lord's there with us too. So... Uh, that's yeah. kind of like tabernacles too, I would think. But so anyway, I think you've answered on my question the way it was. Um, you yeah. answered it and great. Th- yeah, and Lloyd, you asked a very good question because people say, "Well, what about the feast? What about the new moons? What about the Sabbaths? What about the you know the the sacrifices?" That all pointed. It's a shadow, and and that's what Paul's writing about here in Colossians. He says those things are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. So it Amen. speaks of Christ. It's all fulfilled in Christ. It all points to Christ. He's the reality. And those things are just the substance that pointed to it and gave a picture of. So very good question. Appreciate it, Lloyd. Okay. Uh, I was going to say, I also fellowshiped at a Jewish congregation, and they believe that the temple is going to be restored, and they're going to start animal sacrifices again, and that that's going to happen. Sorry, truck's going by. Um, um that they're going to do that during the tribulation. So anyhow, that's what all my questions were yeah. about. So if, if yeah. you just pray for my wife, her name's Laura, because yes, uh, her absolutely. operation's on her shoulder. Yes, absolutely. So, Father, we pray for Laura. as She's having this surgery on the 11th coming up, and Lord, on her shoulder, we just pray that you be with the surgeon, that it would bring healing to her, that she'd be able to recover quickly. I pray everything would go well with the surgery that you help Lloyd just take care of her uh, to Laura. So we lift her up to you, um, and we just pray your hand be upon her uh, to bring strength and healing of, and comfort. And I pray the pain would be minimal um, that she has to deal with. So we just give this all to you in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, brother. You have you a great bet, night. Lloyd. You too. Thanks for calling. appreciate it. Hey, Lloyd mentioned something that I just want to mention very quick about the temple. Uh, in the tribulation period, there is going to be a third temple that's going to be built. It was interesting that when we were in the old city of Jerusalem, we actually saw the menorah that was prepared as out uh, in a courtyard in um, the uh, Jewish section. It's overlaid with gold. Uh, the arms are made with bronze overlaid with gold. But that is ready to go into a temple. And there's a place called the Temple Institute 
that they're getting all the furnishings ready, all the priestly robes and and, uh, garments ready to go, and training men to do sacrifice, and they're all ready to go. They just need a building. We do know that um, that the Antichrist is going to make a covenant, confirm a covenant with Israel for seven years, and that there's going to be a, a temple, a third temple called the Tribulation Temple. There's no temple in Jerusalem today. It's going to be rebuilt, and then in, in the middle of the Tribulation period, he will put an end to offering and sacrifice, and then he will go into the rebuilt temple, and, and the Antichrist will set up an image of himself and then he will proclaim himself as God to be worshipped as God in the temple of God, Second Thessalonians chapter two. So it's all ready to go. You know, as we see the preparations are made, that's another sign that we're getting closer to the return of the Lord. Um, so uh, there has been two temples in Jerusalem: Solomon's Temple destroyed in 586 BC, the Second Temple, Herod's Temple destroyed in 70 AD by the Romans. There has not been a temple for 2,000 years, but there will be a third temple, and that's the tribulation uh, temple. That will be destroyed when Jesus Christ comes back, and then there'll be a fourth temple, the Millennium Temple, that will be here during the Millennium Reign. But I want to remind you there's a fifth temple, and that's living stones, you and I, being fitted together into this holy habitation. And, And that's the thing we need to remember that the Lord dwells in our hearts, and the body of Christ is the temple of God. And we come together uh, to declare truth and light to of Jesus Christ. So, hey, thank you for your calls. Thank you for today's show. Again, so glad to be back with you. Looking forward to talking to you next time. God bless you. Have a great evening. Keep studying your Bible. God bless you. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.